Welcome to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast for women who want to experience intimate relationships and sex that are pleasurable and passionate, happy, thriving and deeply fulfilling. With my very special guest experts guiding lights and pioneers in their specialist areas, we'll be breaking down the myths, exploring the difficult stuff, the good stuff and seeing what's possible for love, sex and intimacy at this time of rapid change. In these candid and intimate conversations, I'll be bringing you the best of sex and relationship education, full of practical ways to support and inspire change in your intimate life. I'm your host, Sarah Rosebright. Whether you're curious about what's possible or you're already committed to exploring, I'm so happy you are here. Welcome to this episode with Janet McGeever, co-author of Tantric Sex and Menopause. And Janet co-authored this book with um, Diana Richardson. Diana Richardson was on the podcast a while ago and Diana has created an incredible body of work. And part of that is these making love retreats, which she's been running for many, many years. And Janet now runs the retreats in Australia. And Janet, um, already an established um, psychotherapist, and she's a creator of something called Woman Time. And she was having a really challenging journey around sex and menopause in her 40s. And it was finding Diana's work that changed everything for her. And after finding the Making Love Retreat, she began writing about sex and menopause. And this culminated in them writing the book together in 2015. So Diana, um, Janet has made it her mission to really um, speak about these two taboo topics together. You know, we don't know little is it's really spoken about them, sex and menopause. So that is really starting to shift and it's become her mission to really dispel the myths about menopausal women and sex. So Janet shares what she learned about her body at menopause and how what her body needed then differed from earlier years why goal-focused sex doesn't work for many women, especially at perimenopause and menopause, how to make love in relaxation is another topic we covered. And this is whether you're with a partner or making love on your own. Uh, we talked about how the breasts can activate sexual energy and how to awaken subtle awareness in the breasts. Janet shared why it's good to not focus on lack of desire and what to focus on instead. I really love this um, shift um, of, of, of attention around this. Um, why it's important for men to understand the effect menopause can have on the women in their lives. And I think, you know, whatever gender your partner, if your partner is journeying through menopause, it can be very um, challenging in terms of, there's just not a lot of information out there for partners. So I really value this conversation. And it's a conversation I've been having with a number of colleagues recently um, because it's so needed. And Janet also shares um, some wisdom about, uh, that is helpful for men to know about menopause and sex as well. Um, Janet also shares how the conscious approach to sex can help women with a range of issues from pain during sex to reduce lubrication and also why Kegel exercises aren't the solution to prolapse and more. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Welcome to this episode, and I am delighted today to be joined by Janet McGeever. Welcome, Janet. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm so pleased to be here. Oh, lovely to have you. And, and I, mm. I came across you through, you co-wrote the book, Tantric Sex, and menopause with Diana Richardson and that was a 
that was a title that immediately piqued my interest, these two very often still taboo subjects and also them coming together in this sort of this way. So I've got so much I'd love to ask you about that. Um, but first of all, I'd love to hear a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world. Thank you. Um, well, I, I work with couples and women and I have for more than 20 years, I'm a psychotherapist. Um, so I come from, from that background and um, I run the Making Love Retreat here in Australia, which is Diana Richardson's retreat. So, and also woman time uh, work as well. It's a retreat that, that I, that I, um, that actually came out of the writing of the book. So that plus, um, you know, working with, with couples uh, individually. So, so yeah, and I'm just a normal woman, like, you know, grandchildren and um, going through the ropes of life. And yes, yeah, so I, I just, um, that, that, that's it really. <laughs> yeah, I love what I do. I'm just so, feel so privileged to, to have the honour of working in a field that is so, like you say, taboo and um, in the area of intimacy, which is, uh, you know, a very challenging subject for, for, for people. So I'm very sensitive to that um, with the people that I work with and um, appreciate the exposure that comes with that. So, yeah. And did you always work as a psychotherapist with couples and women in intimacy or is that something that's evolved over no, the years yeah that that evolved because of my own you know pain and suffering really um so uh, probably for about the last 13 years or so I've been I've been working with Tantra as well as you know alongside my work um I, I have done also you know quite deep emotional process work in my one-on-one -on -one work for many many years um, so yeah, it was just really around my own pain that kind of got me into, into this. It was never planned. I, um, I, I was brought up Catholic, uh, you know, and, um, I, they say Catholic girls have much more fun. Well, I, I eventually did. And, <laughs> you know, my, my twenties and, uh, that side of my life was, was great. And I just found that as I got into my thirties, um, things started to change and shift and um, so that I felt fell into quite a despondency around around sex then because it was really becoming a problem in my relationship and um, feeling like I just didn't want it wasn't ready you know all of that and then I came across Diana's work and it really opened my eyes 20 years ago I came across her work actually and it just resonated so much because it felt like it just gave me permission to be a woman. It gave me permission to understand how my body works differently and that, and what I needed as a woman. And so that shifted things hugely for me in terms of my awareness. And, um, and, and as I started to, kind of explore that in my own internal space I started to think well I'm, I'm I, I kind of decided to how am I going to bring this to the relationship and so I kind of instinctively started to experiment with just this feeling of just being in the body and that was a very familiar place for me because um, 
through the 90s, I did a, a lot of training in experiential and creative arts therapy, and we did a lot of movement therapy. And um, so to find the present moment was about going into the body. So when Diana was speaking about this, I was like, wow, that's, I can do this, you know. And so it, um, yeah, it, it, and it was just like, well, instead of letting, instead of doing the movement, how, you know, just letting the movement do me and, and moving from that place. So, so yeah, it was um, really, that, that, that was lovely. But the thing is that it wasn't really kind of welcomed in the relationship that that I was in and I think that's the thing it's it's a beautiful thing to be for both of you to want to have you know this I mean certainly we can um with our own presence we can invite the other into this work but I think it it does require an openness from both sides at least at least an openness um there might not be you know there might be uncertainty but at least openness so so yeah, um, so then then I was lucky enough to be in a new relationship and went over to Switzerland and and uh, in two thousand and eight and experienced the work and you know to go from that kind of little bit of experimenting and the the book to actually being in the retreat and experiencing that every day that deepening every day that you get and that incredible. Um, you know the the experience within the body and that whole experience of just coming home and then meeting the other there's nothing like it and um it just inspired me so much and you know I just I just really wanted to be able to teach it so a few years later that happened here in Australia so um felt feel very privileged to be doing that and then I'm sort of <laughs> then, then um, from about 2009, uh, I started I started writing about menopause and sex. I was writing for a local magazine, Holistic Bliss, and um, just how how making love in relaxation is like the antidote to this whole myth that a woman is done when it comes to menopause. Mm. And uh, I discovered you know, like an, a vast ocean of experience in the subtle world um, as, as I started to explore this work. And um, I realised that menopause, you know, that it, it wasn't this whole thing of the vagina thinning and, you know, this feeling of not, not wanting, not feeling like making love, um, it all was able to fall away. and. So it inspired me a lot and I just thought, wow, I really want women to know this. And so by the time I, I think, I mean, um, Dara and I became quite good friends and, and then she was asked to write the menopause book and because she had no problem with menopause, she just sailed through um, and I really did in many ways. And so um, that was great to be able to just work together on that and uh, so 2015 we started that project and it was in the researching of that that I just became incredibly uh, wow profoundly disappointed at how much women are kept in the dark about our bodies and not only this this the sexual you know what Diana has taught and what we teach at the making love retreat 
and the whole um, dynamic of how our bodies work, but also around how we have been kept in the dark around what menopause is, what perimenopause is, what really happens for us. Um, it's inc been incredibly disempowering and I'm just so happy that so much is coming out now. You know, I mean, that was what it, that book was published in 2018. So, um, yeah, a lot more has come out since then around, you know, what, what's important for us as women. And so I'm always learning and, um, you know, I just feel like I'm just a continual project <laughs> myself in the experience of just being a woman and and this whole arena of um, love making and it's just you know it's just I, I just think it's um that there's just so many more possibilities for for women and we our minds and you know the, these ideas of how we should be um I think that that moving into this work, it just smash, smashes those the, those myths um, that we're finished, that we're we're done, you know, when it comes to this time. So, so yes, I'm still deeply motivated and um, just so excited to just keep working in this field. And um, mm. yeah. Thank you. And, and uh, there's so much there. And just to orientate listeners, so Diana Richardson, who you spoke about, is um, the sort of the pioneer of this sort of method that the that, uh, which you, the book Slow Sex. Um, and I interviewed Diana a few episodes ago. So do go and check that out. And also Diana has been running these making love retreats, which you've been speaking about, Janet, for many, many years now, which you now run in Australia. Um, mm. And you know just to sort of as well uh, as you're speaking just to to give a, a sense for listeners that you in those retreats there's uh the, the the from what i understand from diana is there's group conversation and sharing and then you as a couple go off and explore the teachings privately in your own rooms correct yes yeah. and i think that's what i really loved about this because um you know there's no there's no nudity, there's no, there's nothing confronting. Um, it's not couple sharing or anything like that. And um, I, I just really think it's very uh, simple and relaxed, this, this approach. And I think it's, it's really bringing Tantra to, to every household, you know, it's, it's available um, to, so, to, to all. And um, it's very easy to understand the teaching and, and yes, it's, um, a beautiful you know every day is a deepening and yes we do the the exercises and things to help us just come into the body and then the teaching and and that time to go off and explore is probably the most important part in terms of you know putting things into practice mm. I always say making no what is that I say practice makes love <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, beautiful. And mm. how is, would you be happy sharing a little bit about your experience of menopause um, for people listening? Because I think it's, it's so important to, to share some of this and, sure. and then also how, you know, working with Diana's approach, you sort of said you learned what you needed as a woman and just what, what is it that you learned that you needed a little bit more about that would be really interesting. Mm. Sure. 
So I guess, you know, uh, moving it and going through my 20s, my 30s and making love and everything was fine, but then hitting this wall really and not realising that I actually went into perimenopause around 38 years of age. So, you know, things were starting to wind down uh, going into that phase and I was right all through by the time I was 45. So it was an early menopause um, and I understand a lot more about that now, why that might have happened. Um, you know, there was considerable stress. There was a lot of, you know, I had two businesses, I had kids. There was just, you know, stressy kind of life and um, my body was always running, running on, you know, high stress hormones, um, which deplete mm. the body, of course. So, so yeah, um, that, that was part of it. And I, I, I didn't really put that down to menopause um, or perimenopause. I just thought there was something wrong with me and there was, you know, something gravely wrong. I had to keep getting myself, pro, you know, lots of emotional work to find out being Catholic, that there was some deep issues there. Um, and I did, did the inner work, but it wasn't until I, experienced this work and it opened well first of all it opened my eyes and what I mean by that is to for me to understand that my female body works differently to a man's body that making love the way that I had was fast you know over quick over quickly um high friction sex it just wasn't enough time for me. And and I actually, to tell the truth, it was after I had my second child at 30, 30, that things started to, I started, there was something about that birth that ignited an incredible deep feeling of embodiment inside. And it started to feel very unsatisfactory. Um, I think because of, there's something that profound that really happened for me in, in that birth. And it was, I think it was because I was just so in myself and, so, so making love became, uh, I just was turned off by, by it, to be honest, and, and um, felt like my body was closing down. And in that, in that closure, I felt a lot of shame, a lot of um, pressure, and many, many times of allowing, you know, sex to happen when I actually wasn't ready or I didn't even want it. And so when I, when I understood how Diana explains how sexual energy for women begins in the breasts and moves down. And for men, it's in the penis and or the base of the penis and moves up. I, I just, that was profound for me. That was the big, the big piece that I needed and that how she explained that we need more time, women need more time. So it gave me permission to feel like it's okay that I need more time, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's okay, it's okay. So it felt very reassuring that and um, but, you know, it was still, you know, quite a few years before I really got to experience the making what we call the making love approach that um, Diana Richardson approach, slow sex approach, um, that it really came home to me that I really got to understand the profound experience of that and, mm -hmm. and how being connected to my breasts and and feeling the subtle energy in, in my body um, was a game changer mm -hmm. rather than, you know, 
a kind of big high sensation. So moving from sensation to sensitivity and high tension to more relaxation. So those, you know, that from, yeah, mm. highly sexual to, to, to sensual, just the, the, these movements from mind to body, just all of these that, that just helped to, yeah, bring me inwards. Mm. And, and there was that was transformation yeah. wow and I love what you shared before about how this has smashed so many of the myths about women at menopause time that you know sex is over we're gonna shrivel up and all these horrendous things are going to happen to our bodies and you know not to say that some very challenging stuff happens for, for many women at menopause oh my goodness yeah um however it's about rewriting the script of what's possible and i love what you the, the title of the book um the subtitle which is practices for spiritual and sexual renewal and i just love that word renewal um, yes that even exactly. though it can be a baptism of fire and some very very challenging stuff there, there is that aspect of renewal that's possible mm. um so yeah and just to highlight one thing you said before go deeper into some of this is something I really appreciated from a conversation with Diana is that the book's an approach it sort of is known as slow sex but she would have preferred it to be conscious sex conscious sex exactly. and I I really because I me and my partner when we we're experimenting with it was like this how you know as Diana said in, in the interview how slow is slow and feeling it should be really <laughs> slow but that wasn't feeling right and we had all this time of like trying to find our way into it we're actually hoping to we're, we're, we're hoping to go on the retreat next year together oh, which yeah, is very excited brilliant. about and um but it was uh, that reframing of conscious sex so slower slowing exactly. things down yes. and bringing awareness is very different than trying to be slow for me so i just wanted to pop that in totally. the pot for everyone. yes exactly yeah no thank you for that it's it makes such a huge difference i mean even if you just walk you experiment with walking if you start mm -hmm. to walk consciously like we automatically go slow so it's 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 in all all areas of our lives so no it's a really great um distinction very important distinction yeah and, and yeah. I was quite relieving when I heard it it was like yes. oh okay I, I know <laughs> it's like slow 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 yes no it's good mm. and so for women sort of moving through perimenopause and menopause when it comes to sex and 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 women you know women's bodies you've touched on a few things already but I'd love to hear what else you think is really key for women at this time and also some um, practical examples of things that women listening or you know I have uh, have um, men listening to the podcast and, and also mm -hmm. just to say you know I know this approach is also so many elements of this approach whatever gender or sexual orientation you identify with are universal in slowing yeah. down and different things so but particularly around women and menopause and perimenopause I'd really love to hear your wisdom and yeah. your experience oh, thank you so um it's really important for us and this is what I realized from writing the book to understand our hormones a little bit more and understand what is happening and how it actually affects our mental and physical health quite a lot and that chronic stress will deplete and that's why that word renewal is is in there and um and how our hormones decline basically from our 40s so the whole landscape is changing and that 
So we've got it through our 20s and 30s, the, the sex hormones that, that are, are there for us to have make babies and all that kind of thing, the ovaries, and then going, well, we'll just start winding down. We don't need them. But the body then still, desire, still wants to create them. So it goes to the adrenal glands for that. So this puts a lot of stress on the adrenals. And this is why it's so important for women to self-care through this period. And so important why even women in their 20s and 30s need to be very careful and, and self-caring of their bodies so that they can transition through menopause in a much more fluent, fluent way. Um, so, but it is a lot about making sure that we're, we're looking at um, how we can start to balance those. And one of the things that I love um, is this, uh, there's, that there is our sex hormones and then there's these other group of hormones, which are oxytocin, um, cortisol and insulin. I'm not going to go into those, but oxytocin is the, is the biggie. It's the one that we need to really understand and it's a very simple one because it's a beautiful antidote to the 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 the, the stress because the when the adrenals are being kind of um, used up to to, to get the, the those hormones we can very quickly and easily go into anxiety and very very quickly get um, stressed and very um, you know this whole all sorts of symptoms that happen so um and and this is this is the, the thing. Oxytocin is hugging, you know. It, it's in making love in relaxation. It's you know looking at a beautiful sunset. It's holding babies. It's patting your pets. It's you know being kind, giving someone a compliment. It's connection, basically. Basically, connection is how this hormone uh, starts to 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 rise and. This, this is what made sense to me when I understood how Diana had no problems going through, uh, this, is, this is my theory anyway, had no problems going through, through menopause because she, she spent a lot of her time in those years practicing making love, making love in relaxation. So any kind of relaxation is going to up that oxytocin, right? Whereas I'm having this high-stress lifestyle and everything's you know kind of getting very challenging so that's why I, I feel for, for women it's really key for us then to start to shift our our making you know the, the way that we make love into relaxation and it only takes just that little little shift um, and consciously that we end up in a whole different direction so you know this, this is just so key i feel for for us because our nervous system is really important um, because we can generally you know modern modern life can um be very stressful we can be very wired so so we want to counteract that with all these whether a woman it doesn't matter what it's also for men as well through stress it's it, we have they have very different profiles when it comes to to um to their hormones but it's where especially after the last couple of years there's just everyone's pretty wide and um so it helps to really balance that and i really believe too that we are a species that is craving for touch that you know 
we, we are oh, bodies craving for touch, but not just any touch, I mean conscious touch. And when we come to conscious touch, that's what starts to allow us to drop in and, and relax. And um, yeah, mm. so that's, that, that's really important. To, and it helps us then contact that subtle aliveness inside. Um, and the other one I feel is to really try not to focus on the loss of desire. It's not something to focus on. Um, more to the point is to really, really um, come into embodiment, this deeper awareness of the body and, and to start to contact the subtle aliveness within the body. And you can only do that when you do go more consciously and you do, you know, consciously bring your awareness to enter into the body and um so that is really important of course the subtle aliveness for a woman becomes enlivened through the breasts and so just allowing that then to to flow down to the vagina and um yeah so it's why the breasts are so important for women uh, also for men to understand that the breasts are really important as well Mm. so thank you and 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 I, on i love what you how you described the sort of hormones and adrenals and role of oxytocin and then yeah you know, i was only thinking the other day i wish i'd understood that in my 20s um oh my because yeah. uh, you know it just wasn't taught it's just never talked about not even in my early 40s was that mentioned um and there's a podcast i did with a woman um um, on burnout, Jalinda Johnson, and she specializes in perimenopause burnout. Um, oh, and um, so there's some stuff to listen to there on what to look out for. It's warning signs and also lots on self care mm. and everything because it's mm. it, the state of our adrenals is revealed often at this stage yes. of our life, that sort of perimenopause, menopause time. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. I love you know what you shared around um so so when you say around sort of um making love and relaxation and, and i'm guessing that could be whether that's a solo practice as well as a mm. partnered practice for somebody listening how how might they do that so what are some of keys into that more relaxed state if we're used to um more of the sort of contracted um state of, of, of a hotter more intense state of pleasure mm. um what are some of the keys that you found really work for you mm. the people that you work with yeah yeah well first of all i think transition is a really important thing and this is transitioning from you know our busy lives to making love and it can be very often just like you know jump into bed and that kind of thing it's very it's it's not easy for men um or all women we're both on this side because moving from a busy life where we're up in our heads um to how can we be more in our bodies and so i feel like that's an important aspect before making love is how can i become more in my body and that that could be something like doing something separate you know getting in a bath or, or for guys it might be having a run or it might be um, just you know going and watering the garden so it sounds really basic but that when I work with couples is a really important thing and then it's just you know move, using the breath 
coming in and just being finding this place inside yourself first because so much of sex is over you know we're we're out in the other person's space we're kind of out of ourselves so it's like coming back in coming back in and down using the breath to come in and come down into the body I know Diana talks about home in the body and that's such an important thing um and to find that place of where, where you can start to bring the body into relaxation first and then the eyes and then the touch, the, you know, allowing that connection to come where you're not out in the other person's space, you're actually coming back in and down. The touch is like touching. It's very porous. It's like just touching the, the uh, a newborn baby's skin almost it's like it's it's that sensitive so that you're just you know every touch and every movement is coming from this place of relaxation and so when the bodies come together they start to attune with each other they start to resonate with each other and so it's taking plenty of time and allowing lots and lots of time I've making love retreat we allow three hours you know and um, just plenty of time to allow that relaxing to happen. So it's just those very, very simple love keys um, that are in the book around uh, softening and relaxing the body to be able to connect more. And, and, and then everything else is a byproduct from that. So when you're starting to feel like, you know, things are starting to ramp up and you're feeling like this is, you know, the, the horses are galloping, there's nothing wrong. It's just, okay, take a breath. Let's just come back in and feel, feel what that's like and just allow the energy to, you know, there's a potency that builds up in that. So it's not being just slack and, you know, kind of falling mm -hmm. around. You're absolutely present in that relaxation and it's, it's you know, profoundly um, well. It's it's like a whole world in, in in there actually when you start to explore in in that way. So it's the same as well if you're um, on your own. It's the same. You know, it's it's all about coming into the body, and whenever you feel like there's a ramping up happening, not making anything wrong, and if that happens, not a problem. Just experiment with what, what it's like to actually just come back in and, you know, just, just kind of keep moving in that direction. And what happens is there's more expansion that happens as a result of that. So a contraction happens when there's, the, you know, going to the peak and discharge. And, but, but when you actually allow lovemaking to, to take that bit longer, there's this opening expansion that, that happens that is um there's just such a it's like a silence almost in the in the feeling it's almost like moving you can move but there's this profound silence that can come from that in stillness which might not sound very sensational but this this is where i feel like um you know after making love is an important thing to to notice how you feel because that's when you can really tell because often if if you've kind of done the traditional conventional sex where there's a lot of tension and and um, 
just discharging with some, um, you know, ejaculation and, and um, sorry, what is it? <laughs> Orgasm. And, um, and it's not making anything wrong. It's just what's it like if we actually feel the difference of not going there? And um, often women can be quite emotional afterwards. And I experimented with this with myself. And um, I've noticed when, if, if orgasm happens, if I just expand and allow that to happen in relaxation, there's a whole different feeling to, to it happening. Same for ejaculation. Like it's, it's a whole different result. I'm not emotional. I feel expanded. So, um, yeah, mm, it's all an experiment. Absolutely. It's an absolutely experiment. And it's finding, you know, what approaches work for you. And, you know, exactly. this, you know, it, and, and, and experimenting with it all. And I see it as a sort of that relaxation as like a filling up rather mm. than the sort of peak and discharge. And, and it's been a theme on the podcast. It's not that any of this is wrong. I sort of talk about it's about expanding our range. And, exactly you know that peak and discharge yeah. can feel great um, exactly but if it's all we do all the time it's like eating the same thing for dinner every day <laughs> yeah yes yes and it's yeah. expanding that range and and you shared that the, that the importance of the breasts in this approach and I think you know breasts are often a bit like a pit stop on the way down <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> and they're often about the other's pleasure from the female body I find than than necessary so they can be about the female pleasure but I remember one, once when I was um, reading Diana's book and I sat and meditated and explored my sensation of my breasts from the inside and this whole new world opened up exactly. because I was just used to the surface and so um, that sort of subtle awareness and so I'd love you to to speak to that and also what would you share for women listening who may be um, either are hypersensitive on their breasts or don't feel any sensation there which is really really common and I think this approach can be wonderful for that yeah it is very common and um, you know there's a lot of reasons for that as well um, there's been a, an, an overuse of the breasts of the nipples well in lovemaking at times overstimulation um also sometimes breastfeeding can can cause yeah. that um also um you know breast implants can sometimes cause uh, a numbness feeling but um so it's it's that the sensation can it can come back it's it is possible and mm. And, and also, if women have had mastectomies, they can still feel the subtle energy of the breasts. And I think that's very reassuring and beautiful. And um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think for women, it's, we, we are so used to other, others having ownership of our body. This is very much about taking ownership back of our own body. And I think doing that through the breast is a beautiful, beautiful thing, you know, the breast meditation and to, like you say, feel it from the inside. And, um, you know, it's, it's also women at different times of their cycle can have very sensitive nipples. So it's, it's, I think 
for me, this this work gave me permission to honour my body and to not go where it doesn't want to go. It has its own intelligence. And so my experience of the breast meditation has been, um, I experienced it, well, started to really explore it when I was actually apart from my partner and to sort of stay connected. And I, it just opened up, like you say, a whole new world for me because I started to feel the very beautiful, fine energies within my female body and that beautiful, fine energy that came down through the body to the womb. I could feel it in the womb and the vagina. So it's almost like I could feel a plumping start to happen. It was very subtle, but I could feel it. And that just was like, oh, my God. And then, and then to actually make love after that, it's, it's, it changed everything because um, I started to really bring awareness so much more to, to the breasts and my nipples during making love. And it profoundly influenced the experience um, of my partner as well, that presence. And this is how we can bring our presence as women um to to the love making so you know wh whether you're in a relationship or not i just think this is a beautiful um thing to do to really to, just to start to contact the uh, the inner aliveness of our own feminine body and you just feel good it's it's expanding and um so you know it's a beautiful thing highly recommend <laughs> and for someone listening how might they start that so how might that so so how I do it um is I just lie down and I, I I need touch to be able to start with my body I mean I can go in now, now I can go in but I love to just you know have access to to my naked body and just touch over the whole whole areas and all you know everywhere face chest just everywhere and feel you know connected to my body through just a beautiful feather touch and that that sort of helps to just bring my awareness so much more and I think this is really good for women because we're so used to being being touched for us to understand what works for us and um, and it's good for guys for men to know as well or our female partners to know this as well that this is a beautiful source of um pleasure for us so so just not overstimulating those so even the nipples i just sort of circle around the nipples and the breasts and just a little bit but not we're not doing the stimulation and then just stop and i just use the breath to just go in and just you know hold my hands underneath my breasts or or have have my hand on my my heart and down at my vagina and just allow myself just to keep sinking inwards and just keep say the words soften and relax to myself where I feel that hear that from the inside and sometimes I, it depends what has been going on sometimes I don't feel anything um, especially if there's been a lot of stress but Often I can just immediately feel that connection down and it's like a little fluttering sometimes that can happen or not. But I think it's important for, 
for women to understand that whether you feel sensation or not, it works because I know that from <laughs> making love. Just um, as soon as I, as my mind is going off into somewhere, I go, okay, take a breath in, come, come back down into my breasts. And then immediately everything starts again. Like there's mm-hmm. a response in the penis. And so it's how we can be present within. Yeah. And just nice. stay with it because for so many women, that sensation sometimes comes over time, doesn't it? It's, it might not be exactly instant. Exactly. It can take many, many weeks. I think it's just, it's something to practice morning and night, you know, falling asleep, waking up in the morning. And, mm. you know, I sit at my computer and I, I tune in. So you can do it at any time of the day, but to lie down and do it is a beautiful way to, um, to actually do that. And it's, it's to me, it's the self-love. Mm. It's a part of, part of that renewal. And, um, mm. yeah, so it's um, beautiful. And you also, I just really want to emphasise what you said about lack of desire because I really love that um that sort of we can be fixated on not feeling desire and that being a real problem and for perceiving that to be a real problem but actually just what you shared was so beautiful about just turning the attention into the body and it's finding I always sort of talk about it finding what is there rather than what isn't there good point and so what is there just might be something that feels actually this feels just nice it doesn't have to be heated and hot which is what often the woman's looking for yes yeah yeah that's right and you know the jhana it gets more sensitive as we get older it it does generally thin and um so it's very it's not so easy to to take hot um anymore and high friction sex so so I, i i think this is what i just felt was wow this is amazing nature is teaching me to be more subtle and teaching me to mm. to be more conscious and um and the vagina is a very and a pen- penis is very sensitive organs and, and they're they're emotional organs as well you know like vagina is very connected to our emotions and um you know the opening the closing and i think that's something that we need to really respect as well so yes, it's, mm. um, it's it's it, because what happens is it makes it puts women into more stress and anxiety around sex when they're you know worried about not having desire. They have a secondary um, stress that they're not going to be you know ready. Whereas the key is is relaxing, you know, letting go, letting letting go of that goal, even just letting it all go and coming back into embodiment and coming inside and accessing Mm. what's really here like you say yeah and anyone who's listening for example who might be experiencing a a sort of that thinning of the vaginal wall or a change in lubrication um any tips or wisdom to share around that yeah so for a start um i'm not against getting support hormonal support if needed but i also know that um, nutrition and um, you know just looking at it from a a natural perspective uh, can really make a difference um, for for that part for the thinning of the vagina Um, use lubrication 
find out what works for you for sure. Um, but what I love is allowing the penis just to rest at the entry of the vagina. And there's a way that, you know, because the vagina is such an absorbing organ, the penis is, you know, the penis has direction. So it's, whereas the vagina actually will very, very subtly, once she relaxes and opens, can very, very subtly start to pull the, the, or draw the penis in. Let's not say pull, draw it in. So it does take, you know, a, a um, for both of you to, to, to allow that, allow time mm. for that, because we, we do need time mm. for that to happen. So, and that, you know, one, one session of lovemaking is like this one day and then it's going to be different the next day. It, it, that might work one day and then, then you're totally ready the next that it, It's not like that the next day. There's, mm. you know, and so, so I think this is also, you know, where we just need to really honour honor and be careful and not let, not allow entry when there is pain because that's going to create more trauma in that part of the body. And, um, and I think also to explore your own body as well, to actually, you know, self-touch and, and to, to allow that so that there's, that the, the tissue is, is just, you're meeting the tissue with love and there's, um, you know, kind of a connection that, that's happening there as well. Mm. Um, and thank you for bringing in the topic of pain, because I was just going to come to that, how this approach can really help with pain you know mm. and I, I had um, uh, a prolapse about five years ago just a, a minor one but in the the healing of that my I, I was so terrified at the time of my organs starting to fall out my mum's had a very very severe prolapse and mm. I sort of learned to clench but it was sort of an unconsciousness of me holding in um, yeah. and protecting my body after having this prolapse and, and using this approach of very, very slow penetration has been so healing um, for that. Um, but it has to be very, very slow, that entry. And it also can be so deeply profound and connecting and beautiful. But mm. I, I know that from, uh, I'd love you to speak to that, how it helps women who are experiencing or have experienced pain. Yeah, absolutely. Well, exactly what, what, what you're saying is um, to go slow. And, um, and, and it's, I know Diana says millimetre by millimetre. You know, that, that's a beautiful thing to, to remember. And, um, yeah, so that, that is, yeah, I mean, just, just what you've said, really. It's just, just go slow with that. And um, same thing for me. I had a prolapse as well. And, yes, there is that tension that that really comes from that and um i've discovered something interesting there is you know they, they talk about kegels and you know making the pelvic floor so this so strong and everything and yet we're saying soften and relax the pelvic floor you know soften and relax the vagina and the, the you know that part of the body and um through my experimentation since writing the book um it's the area, and I do mention it in the book, but I've worked on becoming a lot stronger in my core. Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So, so becoming stronger in my core 
has meant, you know, if you, all those muscles connect down to the vagina. And so I've actually, the, the tone, I'm being very personal here, but the tone is actually very strong. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's this, um, this softening, relaxing that is, that is still possible. So, so, yeah, that's what I would say is really I just have to agree to, to um, go very, very slowly. And if one day she's not ready and not, it can't happen, then you just you do other, you know, do other things and just <laughs> yeah. enjoy, enjoy being <laughs> together and just, you know, just it's, it's I think this is a really big pressure for for women to mm. to have that entry and if men can understand that um and they don't want to hurt you know no one wants to hurt um and uh you know men are just uh, it's you know they're beautiful in their desire to 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 not create pain for women and um so i don't know any any man who wants that so um yeah, I think it's just about the two just getting on the same page around this so that um, it's accommodating and, you know, there's just so many more possibilities. Yeah, and I love what you shared before. It's like all coming back to experimentation. It's like just to experiment. How would it be to go slower? And, yeah. you know, so it's like being learners together and then yeah. that's more inviting, especially if your partner's maybe, oh, I'm not sure about this then that's a yeah. different invitation and I just want to say I'm going to be doing a podcast because it's a passion of mine around prolapse later on but I just want to speak right. to this briefly because yeah. so many women experience it at perimenopause and menopause yeah. particularly and you mentioned in the book about the Christian Christine Kent's approach the whole woman yeah. which yeah. is is, is a, an approach at looking at the whole body because I feel the Kegel approach that's given is very limited and can often create more tension Yes, in the, the pelvic, um, uh, with the floor, which more and more people are calling now the diaphragm to okay. give that picture yes. of it, the floor, because it sounds the, the, the rigidity yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the diaphragm sort of has got that movement embedded in the word. Yes. Um, and so listen out for that podcast. And I totally agree with you, Janet, around the core. I did a really brilliant program called Restore Your Core. And yeah. it was a special program of yoga and movement specifically for women with that is I have never pronounced it diastis recti the sort of te, the, with the pulling apart of the stomach muscles the of the, yeah yes. right. yeah mm -hmm. and prolapse and so mm -hmm. you know just to say it's a it's one of those subjects that's so phenomenally taboo yes absolutely um, but it is and a lot of shame you know a feeling of shame around it and yeah. I remember when it happened for me and mine was a sister seal um, and I turned up at my yoga class and my yoga teacher, Melissa, who, who does woman time with me, um, I said, I was just started crying and, and she said, me too. And so to have, um, have, once you start speaking about it, so many women yes. experience it. And I think that's a very freeing thing. And I think that's a wonderful service that you're doing that. It's important. Yeah. And just to Again, say another another taboo. Huge. Mm -hmm. And the shame. And I'm, I felt such shame. Like here I am in the world of sex coaching. And 
I've had this happen to me and you know had a whole uh, journey around that and and yeah. so and, and and so when I'm ever doing women's circles I often bring it in and then women will come up to me and sometimes just crying sharing their stories of what's happened yeah. so I think mm-hmm. there is it's it's there is support out there and yeah. there's lots you can do and it's so much more than kegels it's lifestyle stress posture exactly. all sorts posture, of things yeah um so and actually I've got a series of YouTube about on my YouTube channel about my prolapse healing journey where I've shared a lot of that from a few years ago so just to signpost people to that so uh, one of the things I'd love to ask you is um and it's a conversation I've been having with a few people around menopause at the moment is what's available for for male partners who are there with their partners going through menopause and so you know what do you because there isn't much and it's not really a conversation that's been had yeah there's a, you know it, it's it's much needed so what do you feel um you know why is it important for men to understand what's happening for the women they're in relationship and this might as well be might be your sisters or your best friends it could be as well as your partner and what do you um feel men need to know specifically about menopause and sex yeah great thank you um this is really important. There's nothing there for men to to know about, and and I think this is the thing is that men and women think it's a women's thing, but actually it's a it's a couple thing. And you know, men have daughters, men have um, sisters, men you know, men have partners who are female, may, may be female. So it's critically important for men to understand. I believe that how affected women are mentally and physically by by the hormonal changes. And these hormonal changes for us as women are they're, they're like a, a, they're a fluctuating minute by minute. They they can be coming in at all different times and um, different times of our cycle, and then perimenopause can really really change. Men's um, hormones are very much more simple they have testosterone coming in every 15 minutes it's just kind of there but us we're kind of washed around by all these different changes and then and particularly when um when there's a sudden drop say in progesterone or sudden drop in estrogen so a woman can become almost suicidal in her mental health she can be very depressed or she can move into you know, a woman who's been quite, quite a, you know, balanced kind of personality can then be, have really huge sudden rushes of anger. That this is actually probably more specifically from what is happening hormonally, and to give her a wide berth, and to really start to try to understand more about it, um, be with her to kind of, you know. Um, um, learn with her what what actually happens and um, and understand that she's not trying to be you know nasty or distant or whatever it's just there's such dramatic change going on she just doesn't have the protectiveness of these um, these hormones anymore so she's kind of like out on her on her you know it's, it's tough so, and that's why for us as women, it's like finding, and this is a very individual journey, I think, to find how we can start to balance this out. And, you know, these 
what I've spoken about already is is a lot um, a lot of that, but also nutrition. Also, for men to understand our sexual conditioning and and women that women have been conditioned to allow men in too early. Women have been conditioned to please, they're conditioned to to make everything smooth. And when menopause comes, these, these, you know, this fury rises up and it's just like, no way, no, no more. And women and men are conditioned in their sexual, in their way as well, with their sexual um, performance. And um, but what I see often is men saying, there's nothing wrong with me because I, I my body works fine, but it's her. And it's not that. I really would like men to know. It's not a her problem. It is a sexual conditioning issue. Aside from the hormones, doesn't matter what age, it is men are conditioned to do sex in this way, women are conditioned in this way, and then that that creates imbalance. You know, the vagina is being used, a very, you know, subtle absorbing organ is being used in a very stimulating way. And eventually there's that numbing that happens. So so I always try to, you know, see the relief from the woman's face when when I I say that because um, it's just important to see that it's and it makes it less personal as well. So, so it's a, so, but the thing is, it usually hits around perimenopause and menopause. This this stuff. So, um, and the other one is the the power of containment. Uh, I I just to look at changing the, the possibility of looking change to change how you make love to just what we've been talking about instead of going to that peak and discharge quickly is to allow that energy to subtly be contained and it's in that containment that there's a potency that that really starts to build it's a beautiful potency and for him to value that containment that is good for her because it's um, it's allowing her more time as a menopausal woman. She needs that more, more time. But him to start to uh, recognise that containing that, that sexual energy within his body by not going to really, really high, hot, but just, just you know, kind of keeping it in a, a zone that's um, more even will support both their their experience of connecting so they're they're the main things that i really love men to know Mm. is that she especially i mean it is it's a full-on journey for for many women to hit this stage of their lives And 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 everything's up for grabs in terms of you know everything's out the window sometimes for women but it's you know when she, when her hormones come back into balance she can be more balanced and making love in relaxation will help to balance her that's what i noticed hugely was that my emotionality started to just settle i became far less emotional and far more balanced and i remember feeling after the first making love retreat feeling a deep peace that I've, I'd never felt before in, in my life. And um, that was a profound. And so, yeah, and the beautiful byproduct of that, 
containment is such a beautiful connection, is love, is this, um, and, you know, it's, it's like a thread, I say, it's like a thread that goes through, through your relationship where it doesn't end at, you know, peak and discharge and then there's disconnection. There's this beautiful, subtle connection of love that is there and, you know, that is so good for our health men and women. So, mm. yeah. That's such a beautiful place to end on, mm. <laughs> that, that wisdom. So thank you so much. And I would really love to finish with the question of what does a sexy life, what does living a sexy life mean for you? You know, for me, it means embodied sensuality, really, really in body embodied sensuality that would be it. Mm. thank yeah. you thank you mm. and i will put on your uh, on the show notes all of your links to your uh, websites and your social media um is there what's the sort of optimal place for people to find you on social media where are you most active um well i'm i'm there on both instagram and facebook um, probably my website's the best okay okay um, yeah to hop on there but yes yeah, so but um, both of those I'm there and do you have anything coming up that you'd like to share about um well I do have I will have the mindful menopause I have a mindful menopause event um with an online event that mm. that helps um women look at you know what I feel has been just a holistic look at what what we need the essential things that that we need so I've touched on some of them today but I just go go a lot deeper and um yeah there's six six keys I feel to to this mindful menopause so so I can give you that link as mm. well and um, yeah fantastic Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. I think there's so much richness in this conversation for women that are journeying through perimenopause and menopause, women who have yet to get there. And yes. To listen, you know, I wish I could have listened to this at 35. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yep. um, and also for, for partners of women in menopause, which is just mm -hmm. such an important piece that you're bringing to the table. I really, really think that's so needed. So thank you so much for bringing your experience and wisdom and passion. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast with me, Sarah Rose Bright. I support women and couples across the globe to truly enjoy sex and pleasure and to create or deepen intimate relationships that are passionate and purposeful, happy and healthy, and I'd love to support you. You can book a complimentary call via my website at sararosebright.com to find out if my approach is right for you. And check out my website for information about my one-to-one -one coaching programs and any current workshops, group programs and retreats that I'm running wherever and whenever you are listening, wishing you a beautiful day. 